0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transformed Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So we're starting a new series called Fast Forward. Ever had a boring movie you had and it's like, a, I don't like this bit. I want to fast forward to the action scene right and you get there because you don't have to sit through the whole thing god wants us to be accelerated in our faith he doesn't want us to skip bits but he wants to accelerate our faith and it's so important that when god desires things for us that we lean into god and we ask god or we we check out god and ask him to say hey god this is what i want and it's god desire to move you amen So I uh, I was thinking about a title that I wanted to talk about today, and I told the nine o'clockers, and nine o'clockers were really responsive, so you need to do better. (laughs) Uh, uh, Really, check out nine o'clock. So yeah, so I came up with this title. It's the longest title I've ever had for a sermon. And I said to the the nine o'clockers, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have given the media team such a long title. So I gave them a shorter title, but if you check out Facebook, they put it on there. So if you want to preview, but here's the title. All right. Don't be a menace to your church while drinking orange juice in your house. All right? (laughs) you like that? Don't be a menace to your church while drinking orange juice in your house. Now, those of you who are aware a little bit would know that. That's actually from a movie a few years back called Don't Be a Menace to Society While Drinking Orange Juice in the Hood. So, it's a little spin on that. So that's what it is. But if you want another title, this is what it is. Fast Forward in Your Faith. I think the other one's more interesting. (laughs) So don't be a menace to your church while drinking orange juice in your house. Amen. Amen. All right, so we don't want to be menaces anywhere, especially in church. So I have a question for you this morning: Why did you come to church? Why are you here? There's a, there's a lot of answers people can give. You know, I was forced to come. <laughs> I lost a bet. You know, we made a bet, and then I had to end up coming. You know, uh, I'm come to check out some girls. I'm going to check out some boys. I can tell you the best boys and the best girls are in the house of God. So, if you want a good husband and a good wife, come to church. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you didn't have a choice. You're like, I have to come. Whatever the reason, why do we come to church? Why are we here? I think for serious-minded Christ followers, I think that we come because we want to lean into God a little bit more. I, because I believe, and you believe, there's something deeper that we can gain from God. There's something deeper that we can pull out of God. Amen? amen. Don't be loud. Amen. When you say amen, you're just saying, yes, God. We'll say that in a second. So there's something deeper that God requires us, and something deeper that we can pull out of God, because it's so important that our expectation comes to the forefront of what we believe because our expectation pulls out of god his blessings if you have low expectations what you receive is going to be low but if you have great expectations there's a book charles dickens that was it uh, you get good return on investment amen here's matthew 10:25 says this do not forsake sorry hebrews 10:25. i don't know what i'm reading here maybe i need glasses lately i've been having a bit of blurry vision So pray for me for that. Anyway, Hebrews 10.25 says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some have begun to do. Do not, he says this quite clearly, do not forsake the gathering together as some do. It's not, you know, this is a suggestion. This is the word of God. This is what it says clearly. Do not do this. The writer of the Hebrews realizes that serious Christ followers get into danger when they don't follow the instruction from the Word of God. And that's the reality of our life, because God's instruction is to guide us, to bless us, to to give us a better future, amen? Amen. Not, Not to hurt us, not to damage us, but to give us a better future. And we realize that as Christ followers, we can go off track, we can go off the rails if we don't follow the instruction from the Word of God. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're going to end up if you don't seriously follow the Word of God. Over the years, I've referred to this or talked to this about the general practice or the disciple of gathering, and gathering is so important when it comes to the Bible. It happened all through the Scriptures. This happened in the early church constantly, and if it's so valuable to them, shouldn't it be valuable to us. The teaching of Scripture is that serious-minded Christ followers have to and will rearrange their lives, rearrange their priorities, their schedules, whatever they have to do in this time and age, because their faith community gathers and they need to be there. They realize rain, sun, hail, storm, whatever the circumstance, they committed to being there. I've said to you many months that sometimes people treat God's word like suggestion boxes, right? You have a suggestion box at work or wherever you work or wherever, there's a box there, you can write whatever suggestion you want. You know, I like the walls to be painted bright green and you can stick it in there. And at the end of the month, the boss, whoever, gets the suggestion box, he opens it up. He's like, okay, paint the walls bright green. I don't know about that. Toss. Right? Okay. Someone wants to get extra pay. Definitely toss. (laughs) Okay. Someone wants to work extra time for free. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to keep that one. Sometimes we treat the word of God like that. We pick and choose what scriptures we want to put in and the rest we throw away. You know, that scripture clearly says, do not forsake the gathering together as some ought to do. But we don't want to treat that as what the Word of God says. That's just a suggestion, whether we want to or not. You know, that's that's good. I'll listen to it this week, but maybe next week, whatever, because it's just a suggestion. But the reality is that's not the Word of God. The Word of God is not a suggestion box. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It directs us, it guides us, it benefits us, it has good things in store for us. But if we treat it like a suggestion box, you're not ever going to be what God has designed you to be because you're just following temporary instructions when it's convenient. And we can't be convenient Christians. We need to be full-time Christ followers. Amen? Amen. Amen. Be loud. Be proud. Be a Christ follower. I'm going I'm to patent that as a sticker. You can stick it on your cars. Amen? Well, write it down, Tim. Check you later. <laughs> Look, here's an interesting thing. Luke chapter four verse sixteen says something really interesting about Jesus. It says he went into the synagogue or the gathering, as was his custom. You know what that means? That's what he did all the time. It's something of a pattern in his life. He did that over and over again. It wasn't just when it was convenient. It wasn't just when he had other things that he had to do and then you know, he had other plans to do. Sometimes we plan things around. You know, we have picnics in the park and we have you know, excursions out there and church is not a priority because church has equal weight with all the other activities in our lives. But that's not how God sees it. That's not how God directs it. But we weigh it out because, you know, it's just an option to us. But look at what Jesus did. If the one we worship and follow made it his custom to gather on a weekly basis to worship, none of us who bear his name should do anything different, right? If we are the ones who are called by the name of Jesus, if we profess to be real Christians, if we profess to be Christ followers, then we should follow Christ. That would be a good place to say amen. Amen. You need coaching? Back in those TV shows, they had like a sign that said applause. Yeah. Maybe we should get one that says amen. So you guys know and say amen. He's moving the spirit of God. Amen? Yeah. amen? Amen. We have to realize and we have to get this thing straight that this is what Jesus treated as a priority in his life. And if we are to be Christians, which means follower or Christ like or little Christ, we are to follow the example of the one we worship set for us. So who are we really following then? If, if we're not following his example, who are we honestly following? What are we following? The patterns of this world, people around us, different other attitudes, different ideas. We're not following Christ because he's asking us to do this, but we do something else and we plan and rationalize it and do whatever we want and say, you know what? I'm taking little Billy swimming today. Let me tell you this. Little Billy's not going to swim to win any Olympic medals. So taking Billy to the swimming pool would be great for him to learn to swim, but bringing him to church will get him in a permanent relationship with his father. That will bring him eternal destiny. (laughs) Amen. That's okay, you can teach them to swim, but don't just put it when you prioritize coming to see God. And it's not that you see God here, but He says it's important for you to gather together. It's important for us to, as Christ follows, to gather together. Because the biblical imperative is to gather and be like Jesus Christ. Why else do you come to church? What are the reasons, do you think? I love going to church, you know, I I go to church even when I'm on my holidays and I'm traveling elsewhere, I still go to church because I love church, because I know God shows up in his church. And I've been to all kinds of churches, some loud churches, some quiet churches, some churches that believe in, you know, you have to be dressed up in suits, and other people are just casual, come as you are, it's all kind of different churches, and I love to see the diversity in the body of Christ, because all of us are still worshiping the same Lord. But sometimes we get ourselves into a mix, you know? I was talking to my wife, she's not here, she's helping Kids Jam, give her a hand. <laughs> I was talking to my wife yesterday and she's reminded me of a situation. We went to a church a long time ago and we had someone who was really into making sure that you dressed up properly and you had it all together and your skirt had to be below the, your knee and because God would come with a measuring stick and check it out and he won't let you in your church if it's just an inch longer, you know. So we went to church and standing right next to her was this other woman in shorts and she was just going crazy with worship. And this woman could not function or get her her worship on because she was so out of sync because this person right next to her was wearing shorts and giving God praise. We can't be the type of people that come with a religious attitude. We can't be the type of people that just come out of obligation. We come because we expect God to move. And it's not out of routine. It's not out of obligation. It's not because, you know, we have to come. And some of us come because we feel guilty, right? We feel guilty. We feel bad. So we come to church and we hear a message that makes us feel even worse. And then we go away feeling good, right? Because, you know what, I'm a bad person. I'm glad they told me I'm a bad person. Some of us do that. It's strange, but it's true. I don't know about you, but I don't come to church to be told I'm bad, I come to church to tell, be told how good God is and not how bad I am. I already know how bad I am. I just need to know how good he is because the, as good as he is, he's going to love me as bad as I am. Amen? So sometimes we get into all these things and we can't do it out of sense of legalism and just compliance to scriptures. I go to church because I know there's some deeper level there that God is going to take me to. I want to be touched by God. And God does touch us. There's a rhythm about our seven-day cycle of week. You know, we go through where we do whatever we want, but then we gather, and I hope and pray that God moves in the midst of that gathering because it's a desire to move. I think about many of us, and I think about many of you, and I think about, you know, what kind of thing do we expect when we come to church? Other than, you know, God tells us to, What else do we come to church? Where else do you think you come to church? See your friends? hope things are good, get a good lunch, hope you had good coffee, make sure you show up so you can punch in so everyone sees that you're here. Why are we here? In fact, last week, I loved the fact that God moves in his house. Last week at 9 o'clock, our 9 o'clock service was so amazing because it felt like someone just lit a fuse and it just blew open right here at the altar and God was powerfully moving in this place. And God, there was so so much anointing and blessing. And you say amen when you're talking about God moving. Amen? Amen. And that's what it was. It was a powerful move of God. And here's the reality. If you went here like you guys went because you were at 11 o'clock, you missed all of that. Right? You missed the opportunity for God to touch your life. And so many times, even I love the fact that you guys came up here because you know what? God moved even right now. This week, right a few minutes ago, God moved powerfully. And if you guys were sitting back there, you would have missed it. You would have definitely missed it. You're sitting back there or you're standing back there with your hands crossed. I don't know what these crazy people are doing. They're jumping up and down and all these things. But they got touched while you did not. They got a move. They were left this place feeling more free realizing that God touched them, and the rest of us, we just sat back there and observed. We looked sometimes with critical eyes, and we looked with judgmental thoughts and all these things. But let me tell you this. Talk to all those people that came up here. I can guarantee you they were touched by God. That was amazing. Amen. That's right. Give God a hand. In fact, a a few days ago, I went to another church. Yes, I do go to other churches. And it was awesome because I get to be like you guys, you know. Uh, what I mean by that is that I can just come in and sit down with no expectation of anything. I don't have to worry about it. Whether the timing is right, the lights are on, the usher's on time, you know sermon prep, all of that stuff I don't have to worry about at all. I'm just going to sit there and so say, awesome, that's great, I'm just going to relax. I remember, you know, the song, they were singing this amazing song and and I had this burden that was was carrying with me and sometimes the pressure of life just weighs in on us, right? You go through a week and circumstances happen and sometimes you didn't do anything but circumstances arrived in your life and it was just there, yes? And I was like, God, I just need to lay this burden down at your cross. And I remember praying this prayer, and I said, Lord, I just just want to touch from you. I want to lay this down. And by the song was over, I felt the burden being lifted. By the service was over, I came up feeling better before me, confident in myself, confident in what God is doing in my life, knowing that I can step forward in faith. And that moved me a little bit forward in my faith. And I've had circumstances like that right through my life. And here's the question, where do you usually get touched by God? Where does that usually happen? It's not that you can't be touched in your house, or at your workplace, or even in your car, because I've had those all the time. But by far majority, the most places I've got a touch from God has been in His house. It's when the worship is going on, when they're singing songs of praise to God. Because, you know, this is God-centric. Everything we do here is centered towards God because the worship is for God, the worship is about God, the sermon is about God's word and what he does in our lives, and that's something you should get really excited about. Amen? Amen. You guys are not competing with the nine o'clockers at all. (laughs) Sorry to say. Once, Once come early and sneak in and you get blown away seriously. There might be less people, but you can talk to other people. It was really awesome. They were jumping up to the chairs, really. It was awesome. Because you know what? They're responsive. When God's Word is spoken, they respond. God's Word is not meant to hit a dead wall God's world is meant to be planted into our heart, and when you get excitement into your heart, your natural response is to say, yes, God, and that's what amen means. Let it be so. I want that word. I'm excited about that. Yes, go ahead, because that's what I believe. That's what amen meant. That's what response says. That's what clapping your hands means. Yes, God, I want more. And that's what we need to be, kind of people that respond because God is waiting for a response. He's not looking at you and going, oh, well, look at that guy. He's all dressed up to the T. He's not moving your hair. He's not out of place. He's standing still. Oh, I just love that. He doesn't care about that. He cares about that person that came up here, makeup all over the place, not running down their nose. Their hair's all a mess. That's who he touches because that's who he draws near. (laughs) So you look pretty and you look good but you're not doing it for God you're doing it for you just realize that all right God wants to touch hearts and most times he does it right here When we are responsive in worship, when we are responsive in the Word of God, when we are responsive to what God is doing in our lives by saying amen. And I was talking about this on Wednesday. I was talking about, you know, when when they were reading the script and Ezra got up and read the Word of God and the people were responsive and said amen, let it be so. And God moved. We need to be responsive. We need to respond to what God is doing in our lives. And when the Word of God comes, we need to receive that with joy because it changes lives, it transforms lives. And after that, I gave that thing to God. I said, you know what, God, I'm laying this down at your cross. My circumstance didn't change. I said had the same problems I had when I went in and I came out. But my perspective had changed because God touched me. And I realized that with God, all things are possible. But without God, nothing is possible. And so another reason we come to church is that we get a touch from God. And by far majority, as I said, God touches us in his place, in his house. When we come and respond in worship or we respond to the word of God, situations are changed and lives are thrown off. Our burdens are thrown off and lives are transformed. But another way, how many times has God touched you in service? Anyone? Has God touched you? in service all the time yes it is that's what he does that's what he moves now can I push you a step further and ask you this question what do you think would happen if your family and friends that you've been praying for and you've been you know interceding for for months that they come to church they finally agree to say yes you've invited them for the last 55 years and they've said no but here's the day, this is the day, they said yes. I don't know, for some miracle they said yes, they're showing up tomorrow, what are you gonna do? What, you, what is your expectation? Do you hope that you know, the car park is nice? Do you hope that the lawn is mowed? Is that what you're praying for, is that what you hope for? No, what are you praying for, what are you hoping for? You're praying that God would show up and they, they would receive a touch from God, right? That's what you're praying for all night, that's what you're praying for when you get in the car, that's what you're praying for when you get here, that God would touch them and their lives are changed that's what you're praying for because a touch of god can change circumstances the more you desire the more you lean in the more you'll get when you invest in something you'll expect more right no one invests in something and goes i want a less return than i invested you know i've given a hundred dollars but i'm satisfied with 10 back who does that would you do that No, absolutely not. When you invest $100, you're expecting a bigger return. When you invest in God, you will definitely get a greater return. Because that's who he is. He's a God of multiplication. So let me ask you this question. Apart from God touching us in worship, where else can God touch people? I think God can touch us before or after the service. He touches us, right? Right? He touched us through conversations or touched us through different things. So when you show up, let me, you guys are all practical guys. I'm going to be horrifically practical right now. So when you show up and drive your car into the parking lot, is God touching you there? When you park your car, are you getting touched by God? What about when you drop off your kids at Kids Jam? Is there a touch from God over there? What about when you come in church and check your email and Facebook, and sometimes you check it during service and preaching as well? Is God, I can see that. Uh, God, does God touch you then? When you're checking your email? I've seen some women be touched when they check their email and it says 80% off shoes, they go, Hallelujah! <laughs> My wife gave me a dirty look this morning when I said that. <laughs> Don't kill me. And I said, I I'd like men to be excited about something like women are about shoes. You know, we get an email that says fifty percent off shoes, We're like eh. Yeah. <laughs> so what? <laughs> you know? yeah, suits on sale, yeah, whatever, (laughs) we don't care, we're not excited like that, but women get really excited about shoes, amen, so we need some excitement, man, I don't know, find a hobby or something, (laughs) we can get excited about, amen, but here's the thing, God touches us when we get into worship, God touches us when the word of God is preached. God touches us when we have conversations after. Imagine if that visitor or that friend or that family member came that you invited that for 55 years didn't show up, but they came that Sunday and there was a mighty move of God. And this person has no clue. And they're like, oh, I don't know what happened. But you go for lunch after and they're like, I don't know what that was. And you go, you know what that was? That was a move of God. Let me explain it to you. And you have God conversations. I love those conversations. Because you get to introduce them to God. You get to tell them how God moves. And those conversations matter because those are life-changing conversations. If you went to the park and you brought your family and friends and you had a lovely barbecue, let me tell you, those conversations don't change lives. You can talk about how great the sun is, you can talk about how awesome your food is, but no lives were changed, right? But lives are changed when you come here, when God moves and people are touched. And so that's why you should never say, oh, I'm going to take a Sunday off. Organize your plans all around it. But this is the priority because God's priority says, come here, do not forsake it because I want to show up, I want to bless, I want to encourage, I want to do great things in you. Yeah, yeah. Amen. 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 Applause sign. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to learn this if it kills me <laughs> to respond when God says things. Yeah. It's so amazing that God comes near even though we've messed up in our week and even though we've caused a bunch of problems and crunch bunch of problems were caused by us and we did things and things were done to us, God still shows up. Because that's who He is. He's a faithful God. And most times, it happens in church. So let me think about this. So let me ask you to think about this. Apart from, you know, God telling us and getting touched by God in worship, and having God conversations after that could lead to greater things, why else would you come to church? What do you think? Anything else? Showering? Oh, Oh, okay. Well, we need to shower. If you guys are coming up here, wear deodorant, honestly. When you're jumping up and down, we don't want us to just knock someone else out with your orders and not the worship. Sharing, thank you. Sharing, that's true. We come to learn, absolutely. That's what it says, you know. From a ma- vast majority of people that have told me over the years, if someone is going to be touched by God in our service, it's likely to happen during the worship service, during the artistic presentations, during the teaching portion as well. When we talk about the Word of God, some lives are changed. Have you, has you, has you, been, have you been impacted by the Word of God? Have you been impacted by the preaching? Have you had God moments at times? Of those of I hope that you have because I pray that it is that you do have God moments. And let's ponder that for a moment. If anybody is to be touched by God, where is it most likely to happen then? It's in church, absolutely. So does God touch us during the sermon part? Absolutely. Have you been moved? I think I have been moved. Sometimes, you know, I sit back in church or I go to other places and I hear people preach and it encourages me and helps me in my faith. I remember early in my life with my faith walk, I went to a place and this preacher was preaching up a storm and he was talking about faith like an airplane, you know, and it's like airplanes are these massive structures that weigh tons and tons of metal, you know, and it doesn't look like it should ever lift off the ground, it looks like a, you know, a spaz duck or something. (laughs) And basically, it's a cylinder and they just stick on two pieces of wings, you know? Fly. How is that going to fly? Then, then, to add matters worse, you know, they like put a whole bunch of cargo on, and they put people on. So okay, now it's going to be better. It's like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Think about it. It makes no sense that this huge piece of metal could actually fly. Can you fly? You're a lot lighter. We throw you off a building, let's see if you can fly. <laughs> You can wave your wings, hands really fast. I don't think you could fly. But here's this plane. It's massive. And it just takes off. And he's talking about, you know, that's what your faith is. Your faith is like this airplane. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but you just have to trust God. And he's talking about gravity. He says there's a law of gravity. And the law of gravity says that whatever goes up has to come down. There's a law that says you shouldn't be able to fly. There's a law of gravity that says, you know, things belong on the ground. You throw a stone up in the air, it's going to fall back down. It doesn't just disappear into the ether. He goes, there's this law as well as the fact that it weighs tons, there's this law that says, gravity says it shouldn't be able to fly. But he goes, then there's a greater law. It's called the law of aerodynamics. And what the law of aerodynamics says is if you get the speed right, if you get the angle right, this huge thing of metal filled with people and cargo is actually going to take off. And that's what your faith is like. Your faith can take off if you trust God because you might not be able to understand it, but it still works. My faiths take a whole step forward when I heard that. I remember it today. I shared it with you. When the Word of God is preached, it changes lives. When you respond to the Word of God, it, t- it plants it into your heart. When you say amen, when you stand up and clap, when you say all of those things, hallelujah, God is moving in you. You're active. You're part of the, the equation of God speaking His Word and you receiving it. So say amen. You know, and not just when I tell you to, but say amen. Feel free to say amen. Say yes, Lord. Say hallelujah. I receive it, God. Wherever you're free to do it, do it. You don't need to be told because God is active. Receive the word of God. But say if I had an attitude, you know what? All right, I've shown up to church. You better put on a good worship session. All right, pastor, you're up now. You better be done in 30 minutes or less because I got places to go. You better wow me and dazzle me with the 30 minutes you have. I can guarantee that you'll leave out the same critical person with a critical heart as you walk right in. You wouldn't receive nothing. You wouldn't have touched, God wouldn't have touched you, God wouldn't have given anything to you because you know what, you've just closed off the doors to your heart and God can't even come in. But if you're there and you're like, yes, God, I'm going to receive that. I'm going to be blessed by that. And sometimes, you know, I've been to places where I've heard the worst preachers ever. It makes no sense whatsoever. You're like, isn't that even a message? I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> because he was over there, now he's over here. I'm lost. But you know what? I can still take something out of it because it's the word of God. And if you understand, if you train yourself to say, that's the word of God, and it doesn't matter how confusing the guy is, God is still going to use him. If he can use a donkey, he's going to use this donkey to speak his word amen so let's be receptive let's receive the word of God let's be excited let's respond when God says something when the word of God is preached when the worship is going on come up be responsive when the word is being preached say amen and you receive a touch and burdens will fall off and you go out being transformed be different because when you receive when you clap your hands you receive better when you say amen you receive better You know, and that's the thing. Hearing the Word of God matters. Teaching the Word of God matters because it has the power to change lives. It has the power to touch lives. And you can read the Word of God at your house and you can turn on a television program and watch a TV presenter preach the Word of God, but you're not gathered together with fellow believers. And there's something amazing when fellow believers gather together because it's the fire in you and it's the fire in you that bounce off each other and God comes in and seals it with His Holy Spirit. And things just blow off. It's amazing. God's touch happens when you gather together. Acts 2.42 says this. The first church people, this is what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know what? They didn't take Sundays off. They didn't take Sundays off because you know what? I needed to get my nails done. Or I needed to shop for new socks that are my brightly colored. I was coming today and my wife said, Why are you wearing those socks? They don't match anything you're wearing. I go, don't worry, no one will see them. <laughs> Yes, Cheyenne, you want to look? (laughs) Cheyenne's like, "Ah." You can shop for socks and you can paint your nails and you can do your hair. You can do it all other times. But when you have the opportunity to be in the house of God where God moves and touches your lives and transforms life, never miss that opportunity because God's about to do something amazing. And you cannot get it sometimes because if you're not here, you'll not be able to hear what God has for you. amen Amen. if you're not here i was sending the early morning people i said imagine god had a parade and the parade was going by and you were excited about this parade and you showed up because you wanted to check out the band or the costumes or whatever it was right you came up and you saw the band and the parade was there and awesome you stood there and you watched the parade but you didn't do anything to cause the parade if you didn't show up the parade would still go on by right your presence wasn't required for the parade to happen. It's the same thing. God will still move. God will still bless. It's you who are going to miss the parade. It's you who are going to just live by, let another week go struggling and going through life and being weighed down by the burdens of this world. All these things when you get an opportunity to come here and get a dose of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God that will revive you and reconnect you and, and shape you into what God desires you to be. And so they were there it says your heart needs an injection of insight inspiration and challenge from a gifted speaker of god i think we have awesome preachers oh well three people think so that's good thank you for your amen amen thank you thank you i feel a bit better now (laughs) but you need a sermon every week you need the word of god shared in your life every week you need a dose of his word to reinvigorate your spirit and this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. This is not a fresh invention. This is not what we just came up with last week. We, the leaders got together and goes, you know what would be good if we have a bit of songs and then we have a bit of a talk. I think that will be awesome. All right, let's do that. This is not a new thing. This has been going on for thousands of years. And thousands of people have grown in faith and come to God and leaned into God and have a better relationship because they're committed to the principle God contains in His Word of God. If you want to grow show up. If you want to be what God desires you to be, show up because the rest of the week things are shaping you into a different pattern. The only time you get is now for God to tell you who you are among brothers and sisters who are there to support encourage and talk to you. So whenever seven times it rolls around, pay attention, get responsive, respond to God's word, jump out of your seat, say amen, do something to let God know, to let yourself know that God's word is important to you. Sometimes when God speaks so profoundly and touches lives, some people let them, let them in and other people just go away, not getting anything, because their attitude shapes their perspective. Your attitude shapes your perspective. And if you have a bad attitude, it doesn't matter how anointed the service was, you just go away with nothing at all. But I want to be, and we want to be the kind of church that wants to see the broken healed, that want to see the rejected love, that want to see the lost come home, the place that God can touch them and renew their faith and those that have fallen far from God can come back and renew their faith and commitment with Christ. That's what we want to see. We need to be a kind of church that embraces love. And it's time to say, you know, we are tired of letting people come in here being broken and hurt and leaving. We don't want to see anyone leave because they were broken or hurt in this church. We need to make changes. We need to do whatever we need to do to realize that God is in this place and we need to make this atmosphere conducive to God's favor and God's blessing and we need to be the kind of people that go out and touch lives. We have to stop being selfish. We have to stop looking at ourselves and thinking it's all about us. We have to stop and some of us have to step up and be leaders. You've already been called by God a long time ago, but you've put yourself in a bench and you decided to sit there and waste your life away. And God's calling leaders to step out because there's many things that need to be done. There's many people that need to be greeted. There's many people that need to be loved and embraced and welcomed. But we need everyone to do it because God has a purpose for your life. And it's not just a Monday to Friday purpose. How many of you need to renew your commitment the practice of gathering every week? How many of us have have made other things priority in our life other than deciding to make this a priority? Because that's what God looks at. God looks at this as a priority. He tells us it's a priority. We, We get touched in the service. We get touched when we have conversations. I remember having conversations after work. Another reason having deep conversations and the biggest decisions of my life have happened after electric search services where God has just moved and we've had conversations. I've sat down after church service and someone has talked to me about surrendering my life to Christ and that's when I did it after the service where we had God conversations. Another big decision again when I decided to commit my life to him and get baptized Again, conversation after service. And when the church moves and God moves, you can have those God conversations with people regardless of their circumstance because God touched them right here in church. <coughs> and it's not that it can't happen at your home or your house or your work. or your But by a far majority, those God moments happen right here. Sometimes we look at things with critical eyes and we need to stop looking at things with critical eyes and worrying about how loud the music is and what the lights look like and what the person next to me looks like and just give yourself over to God and say, I'm not here for all those things and it's great that they have it and I love it and I love the worship and I love the lights because it reveals who God is, that's just me. But you know what? We're not here for all of those things. We're here for the presence of God and all those things will help enhance the environment to bring about a change in people's lives. And so it can't be about me. It has to be about him. It can't be about what I want. It has to be what God wants. How many of you can say that you want this place to be a radically loving place where people come in and are transformed by the power of God? I want that to be this place. I don't know about you. Amen? Do you want this to be that place? And it takes all of us together because it doesn't matter how many good people there are. If there's one bad egg... I guarantee the bad egg will get to all the other good people. That's how it is but you know what? I have a strong sense of confidence that God is doing something great in this place, that God is moving. There's an expectation in my spirit that says that God is about to release a blessing and a favor in this place like never before. There's going to be an overflow that's going to be coming in this place. And regardless of what happened in the past, and you know what? We've made mistakes, and I've made mistakes, and all of us have done things that we shouldn't have been done, but it's time to say, to put those things aside and say we need to do what God requires us to do. And whatever else happens, we're going to throw ourselves at God and let him lead us and guide us. It's time to stop pussyfooting around. It's time to stop acting like it's all okay. You need to just let your makeup go and let your whatever go and come to God and lay it down on the altar and say, God, I'm laying this burden down and I'm going to give it all to you. I want to lean into your presence. I want to lean in. That's the kind of church we want to be, that loves people, that embraces people. We don't want anyone to leave anymore. And we've had it in the past where people have left because they felt hurt by people in this church. We want to change that. We want to change what we do. We want to change how we do church. We want to take it back or we want to progress it forward to the place that God wants us to. Whatever it is, God's a progressive God. He wants us to move forward. And it's so important. Would you be someone who is not a bystander? You can go to a footy game and someone was telling me about footy the other day and I was like, Oh, it's exciting and I try to watch it, still don't understand it. <laughs> you know, you could go to a footy game and you could cheer and you could yell and you could scream your lungs out, but you didn't do one thing to change the outcome of the game. That's right? You can yell yourself yell yourself to your host in the mouth, but you didn't do one thing to change the outcome of the game. Because you're just a spectator. We don't want spectators. You need to decide, are you going to be a spectator while God moves? Are you going to be the one that shows up to the parade as the parade goes by and you can watch and you can celebrate, but you're not involved in the parade? We need to be the kind of people that step forward and we need to raise leaders. And I'm so passionate about raising leaders. That's why we have our internship session. But I believe there's many other leaders in here that need to step forward and be what God's called them to be. We need to be the church. Amen? Amen. We need to be that some of us have to start at a basic level of just saying lord i just want to recommit to gathering every single week that's where i'm going to start recommit to gathering recommit to being here in your presence because yes your word tells me but there's so many other amazing things that happen like touched in the worship and touched in the in the sermon and touched with conversations after and people's lives being transformed because of that amazing things can happen So let's be that kind of church, amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.